Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right, a relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White. The podcast. We are back one more again. We are back one more again. So if you can't tell, we're doing well <laughs> in this quarantine season. We're doing very well. Things are going yes. great. We're doing fantastic. We're doing marvelous. We're doing wonderful. Actually, how are we actually Extravagant. doing? Extravagant. <laughs> Extravagant. <laughs> I feel like we're doing pretty well. No, we are. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, a little stir crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, but... um, Just a little. Yep. Did but, another know. little project this weekend. Built the kids a little little play sprinkler. Yeah, you did good. Yeah, with the PVC pipe. Yeah, That was, like, ingenious. Yep, so... Yeah, you did a great job. Now they just want to turn it on and run and play in the water and splash. Yeah, I know. That was uh, fun, though. It's yeah, fun. It was, yeah, yeah. They're it having is. a good time. Yeah. Yeah, so we're doing well. We hope all of y'all are doing well out there. While you're in quarantine, yes, we figured we would drop some knowledge. Yeah. I mean, as we always do, but we're going to look back a little further than where we usually go. Where are we going? So we are starting our new series. I don't know exactly how this series is going to pan out because we might have some interviews in between or some cool topics we bring you like as we're going through some of these but we are starting a new series all about buzzwords 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 or buzz phrases if you will phrases yeah you can use that buzz phrases buzzwords yeah so things that people say yeah often and don't really understand the context or history behind the phrase or the word that they're using. Yep, absolutely. So we thought we would enlighten you and give you some historical context to some of the buzz words and buzz phrases that you're using or that you have used in the past. Yeah, there are definitely things that I have said or referenced or heard that I'm like, I didn't know there was any historical context to this or no. really where it came from. Exactly. And and I can tell you for me, and I don't want to speak for the whole culture, but like lingo is a big thing. So yeah, it kind of happens. It happens in music. You know, it happens in culture. It happens in settings. It happens in um, regions. Yeah. I mean, if you go anywhere, people talk different. Yeah. Um, when I go visit my family in Georgia and New York and all over, like you can hear 
all of the different like dialects yeah, dialect, and like yeah. types of language and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought this would be, you know, great. I'm yeah. looking forward to it because I've, I've learned a lot just initially as we kind of been preparing for this and yeah. even for this episode. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I can't. I, I was like, whoa. We are also listening to an entirely separate series on the history of America, like how it came to be. Yeah. And this is my second time listening through to it. But every time I listen, I'm like, I didn't know that. How come I never learned this stuff growing up? Like, it's literally just not in your textbooks. And so it's usually not taught. Yeah. And then you said the exact same thing to me today. You're like, I can't believe I never learned this stuff. I never knew it. Never knew it. Never knew it. Yeah. So uh, So I guess the disclaimer, I do have a disclaimer. Uh (laughs) It's fun, though. Oh, okay. Um, my disclaimer is like once you hear this episode and you continue to use the buzzword or buzz phrase, like you're gonna think about this every single time. Every time. <laughs> you're gonna think about it every time. Even if you just like naturally just say it because it's something that you're accustomed to. Yeah. I promise you, after this episode, you're gonna be <laughs> like, uh <laughs> and you're gonna know exactly what you're saying. That's my disclaimer. So get ready for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so we talked about this series. Actually, this series was your idea, but I was like, there is a very first one that I really want to dig into because I had just heard it and I had just heard it explained to me for the first time. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just didn't know. And I feel stupid that I didn't know, but I didn't know. So we're going to enlighten you so that now you know. So this particular phrase one of the words in it is so popular that if you google this word and like the how do i blank this word we'll get to in a minute how do i do this there are 138 million hits that come up on google it's crazy so it's just it's something that is used often and this the actual term we're going to talk about is manifest destiny Manifest destiny. Yes. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you think of? Well, now pretend like you don't know the history. It's hard. It's hard to pretend. But I'll tell you. What do you think of when you think of that? Because I can tell you. I have used this phrase in the past. And um, when I have used it, what I thought I was using it for or when I've used it, it's like, hey, come on, y'all. Let's manifest destiny. Like, let's move past this. Like, the next level of the hori- the horizon. Like, let's step it up. Come on. Like, we have a purpose. We have destiny. We have something out in front of us. Let's go own it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of how I use you it. You have to take action. Yeah, that's kind of how I've heard it being To used. get to your destiny. Get to your destiny. Get to the next point, the next horizon, the next step, the next level. However yes. you want to put it. Yes. That is exactly when I um, first thought about this phrase. I think when I first heard it, it was in the when I heard this phrase like altogether manifest destiny. It was in the context. It was in its historical context. And it shocked me like it literally shocked me because when I heard it in the historical context, I was like, but I see that all the time, like 
influencers oh, on Instagram. Gosh, yes. Manifest this. Manifest that. Manifest your destiny. Manifest your future. Yeah. Manifest thinking. Manifestation. I, I tell you what, it happens everywhere. It does. And when we We've get into it. it a little bit, like mm-hmm. we'll be able to elaborate. But it hap- influencers. Oh yeah. I can tell you in my world and culture growing up in the church. Oh yeah. Um, like you know, I can't tell you how many pastors and ministers and reverends and bishops I've heard use the term, you know, and that's probably where I initially picked it up from and how <laughs> it was being used. That's probably where I picked it up from and how it was being used. That's probably in true. that setting. But like you said, influencers, you know, in the church yeah. for me, you know, where I've heard it plenty of times, um, anywhere that. Um, there's an involvement for opportunity to like advance and, and typically itself mm-hmm. um, is, is where I've heard it and where it comes from. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know. So we're going to, um, we're going to tell you the background of this and where this term actually does come from. Yeah. Um, I do have notes, but I'm going to actually just read the history because I don't want to get the history wrong. Yeah, I was about to say, go ahead and do okay. that, uh, and I'll let you read through it, and I'll hang back until we get into the discussion because you okay. know that's that's my part. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so from the National Humanities Center, which we'll drop a link to that resource below, um, this is the history of where this term comes from. So in 1845 in America, in the Democratic Review, which is an American journal, it issued a call for American expansionism. And that primary focus at that point in time was to bring the Republic of Texas into the Union at that time. Because at this time, this is before the Civil War, it was still the North and the South. And this is before the South seceded from the North. But there's still a lot of tension there because the South was very, it it held to slavery and the North did not, although the North benefited from slavery. So we won't pretend that didn't happen. But there was a very stark line and contrast between those two sections of the United States. So anyway, the Republic of Texas this was a call because I do not believe that they were in, they were considered South yet, but they were this they were trying to get them into the Union. So this journal declared that expansion was the fulfillment of our manifest destiny to overspread the continent allotted by Providence for the free development of our yearly multiplying millions. This is like a call for Americans to move into Texas, take it over, make it part of the Union, and just, I mean, this was like they were expanding west at this point from the eastern coast and just trying to take over land. So this was a Christian claim that America had a destiny, a manifest. It was self-evident. It was from God to occupy the North American continent south of Canada. And this like starts back from the British, and this is a British edict for people to come to America and to build land. And this is like, this part is after the Revolutionary War, obviously, but this is part of the Revolutionary War too. The British wanted them to come in get land for the British until they rebelled and now we're America. So this has always kind of been. Um, the other things that people should know about Manifest Destiny is that it is also clearly a racial doctrine of white supremacy, okay? And it granted no person indigenous to the North American continent 
and it justified white people ousting those indigenous people from their lands. Manifest Destiny has been enacted over and over and over again by American leaders claiming that God has chosen America to be a special nation that will lead the way for democracy. They've used it to justify violence against Native Americans so as to expand territory. They've used it to invoke invoke the war with the Philippines. They used it to gain control of the Hawaiian territory. So unless you've clearly studied history and the events surrounding how America actually became a super economic and political power, you will probably be offended that I'm suggesting that this is not God's chosen country, because that's exactly what I'm suggesting. There is, this is just for me, I'm, I wrote it, so I'm going to read it to you guys. But for me, this is what I, this is what I really think of, and this is very ironic to me, is the fact that the United States of America was founded as a secular separation of church and state society. This was on purpose. It's the way that our our, uh, Bill of Rights and our Constitution were written. And so it does allow constitutional rights to practice whatever religion you choose. But overall, much of that is just fancy wording because there's a deep-seated civil religion and cultural nationalism in which if you live here, you must hold in reverence and you must give your allegiance to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and even the flag. I mean, did you have to stand up and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag as a school child? Yes. In school, yes, we all had to stand up and put our hands over our hearts and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes, every morning. We did that too. It stopped at some point. I can't remember when it stopped. For but me, it stopped, I want to say, mm, probably in like junior high, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think we did it all through like K through five. And then yeah. I think we stopped. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, elementary school um, and and going to elementary school in georgia like does it strike you as weird that we pledge allegiance to a flag (laughs) yeah yeah when i got older yeah and i thought about it and i was just like okay wait a minute now i pledge allegiance to the flag (laughs) what is what is the flag doing for me personally like me right i'm pledging allegiance to a flag yeah i'm like huh yeah. So what did you think of when you when you heard the history of this term being used? Man, I was I was blown away. I did not know that that was the background. Um, but they were manifesting their destiny. I know. And, and the fact that <laughs> how it you know, how it has been used in today's time and how I've used it and how it is. It literally is about like you said, Mm self-proclamation for a certain group of people. And I was like, I'm saying this. And when this word came about and how it was used in kind of the historical context, I wasn't even included in that group of people. Nope. So it it, it struck me when I learned and I read it and I went and did some additional research and I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, what in the world am I talking about? What am I saying? What am I talking about? Um, and, And I think that um, the fact that they tried to, you know, coincide and play off of the religion and the God aspect, mm-hmm. you know, is, is it was also shocking to me and was eye opening to me. And and I can see it, though, when you're talking about and we were just talking about it, the flag and like how certain people have their own perception mm-hmm. of to them what and who God is and what he stands for. Yeah. And for obviously 
these people, the American during the 19th century, it was we are superior. Yeah. Because God made us that way. And because he made us that way, he wants us to have all of this stuff. So we're going to go take it and manifest our destiny because that's what God will want. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. I even think, though, this shows up in our culture today. I think about Colin Kaepernick. Yep. And his silent protest that people couldn't stand. They couldn't. I mean, that is it is written into the Bill of Rights. It is your right to protest. But and we have a separation of church and state. But people were so offended that Colin Kaepernick was protesting this way, that he wouldn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance or for the national anthem. And so a lot of that last part of my opinion really was, I mean, think about the term cultural nationalism. Yeah. And that is just a, I feel like that is very indoctrinated into all of us. You know, when I, it was like when I was little and I was being taught things, you have to revere the United States of America, you know, and it's not a bad country by any stretch of the imagination, but there are definitely things that like this manifest destiny that nobody ever talks about when they also at the same time tell you that you have to revere America because it's so good and so amazing. Right. But the parts that are bad just kind of get left out and then forgotten. Yeah. And I don't think it's even forgotten. It's kind of ingrained when you're talking about he was protesting and um, he was intent. I guess if you want to go back and say it the way that we're talking about it in the context of of this buzzword, he was manifesting destiny, (laughs) but not for the right group of people. So they shut Mm -hmm. that down. They're like, wait a minute. Mm -mm -mm -mm." No. Yeah. And they shut it down. Yeah. So if he were to use his term, he's like, no, 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 I'm manifesting destiny for all people. Right. In a nonviolent way. In a nonviolent way to include my people. And they're like, right. no, 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 no. No, no, no. You if can't they, do that. If they were going <laughs> to even use the word manifest, that's like, no, 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 no. If you're manifesting destiny, it's for us. <laughs> if if they were to use it, I'm just saying. I'm like, you- I'm cracking up, but you know what? It's true. And we actually had this conversation earlier because we talked about, we couldn't believe that this was the history And it went back this far, but I was like, think about because manifest destiny has God ingrained and God's chosen people Mm -hmm. ingrained in it. Think about how far back that goes. We were talking about the Crusades. Yeah. The entire mission of the Crusades was to manifest this destiny and to convert people to Christianity. Yep. So to go out and crusade and convert as many people to Christianity... And in this, at the same time, while you're doing that, you're manifesting your destiny and taking over their land. Yeah. Usually in very violent and... Yeah. I'm like, what kind of <laughs> sense does this make? That's not the God we know. No. So. no. I'm <laughs> like, what kind of sense? It's like, no, no, no. We manifest in our destiny, but we want you to come over here because you need to be a Christian so we can do what we need to do so we can get you out the way. <laughs> but they didn't say it like that. They use nice terms like manifest destiny and plus talking about crusade and we were having a conversation earlier i was like man like even growing up in the church for me like we had crusades where our objective was to see as many people saved as possible there you go during one of these crusades there you go and I'm just well, like, you, you have campus crusades yeah, They're got, on college campuses. Yeah, campus crusades. You have crusades all yeah. over the place. And I was just like, wow. So ca- that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. 
Ooh. I'm cracking up. I don't think this is a bad it's, thing. It's not a bad thing. Not in modern day context, because typically when you talk about Christian crusades, they are purely for the point of sharing the story of Jesus. Yeah. And sharing the gospel. And sharing the gospel. And that is amazing. But I just think about the violence that came with the very first crusades. And I think it's interesting now that I'm thinking about it. I actually think it's very interesting that we continue to use the term crusades Crusade. even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to witnessing? Yeah, as opposed to anything. Yeah. Like, that I was a you, terrible time in front. our history. We use it. And it used to be something we get excited about. And it actually used to go around. It's like the crusade is coming to a town near you. They, like, run and hide because you don't survive. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's that's crazy. That is crazy. That's crazy how... They use that and use God and them yeah. as the chosen people to go to lure you in so they could take advantage of you so that they could <laughs> reap the full benefits of what you had yeah. to grow what they were trying to do. Yeah. And I think this really shows up in like, I want to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say current in terms of more current than crusades, but current is in like the 1840s when America was expanding Mm -hmm. because they had to go and conquer. And that meant they were going to get in fights with the indigenous people who already lived here and had lived here for centuries in order to take their land. Let's call it what it is. You say the indigenous people. I know who you're talking about, but somebody who might be listening might be like, well, she can refer to these indigenous people. Equals. Native Americans. That's right. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Call it what it is. Yes. I know. I know. You said yes. it. You said it a couple of times. And, and I was just saying, I know I know what you're yes. talking about. I know Thank you. Referring yes. to, but for people that are listening, <laughs> when she is using this term of the people who were here first. Yes. And who were here the longest, <laughs> who got ran out. Yeah. And crusaded on mm-hmm. as people were manifesting their destiny. Yeah. The Native Americans and equal the Native Americans. Yep. And there is a reason that they're called indigenous. Yes. Or that yes. they prefer. That is a more, um, that is a better way to term them, mainly because the, when you talk about, yes, they are native to this country, but America is a term that the British, the brought, British over. brought over. Yep. Um, there's probably a lot of other reasons that I'm not as privy to. But yes, so I try to say indigenous yeah. people because they were indigenous to this area. They were. And yeah. I wanted you to just call them by name. You can go back yes. to that, but I want people to know. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because one of the other podcasts that we are listening to, this struck me. I just keep thinking about it because it really fits into what we're talking about with like the Crusades and with Manifest Destiny. And um, one of the stories is from one of the one of the indigenous tribes. I can't remember which one. It might have been a Cherokee. It was a Cherokee. Tribe. Yeah, the Cherokee in North Carolina. The somewhere, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. North Carolina. So one of the chiefs, like way back when, when when white settlers were coming over and like trying to initially do business with them in the 1600s before you know killing them all and taking their land and putting the rest on reservations. Before that, when they were trying to do trade with them, somebody mm-hmm. brought this chief of the indigenous people of the Native Americans, he brought him the book of Matthew and he read him the book of Matthew. And he says, what do you think? Which is in the gospel, if, if you're not familiar with Christianity. It is one of the New Testament gospels. And so this white settler says, what do you think? And the chief of the tribe says, that is an amazing book. If only the white man has ever lived by it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and I just started cracking up because I'm like, he's, yeah. I mean, That's what not to say, said. you know, like all white people are bad, but in terms yeah. of manifesting destiny, it was not a good thing. It was not a good thing. So, yeah. And we, I, 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 I'm not apologizing for anything that we're talking about. So let oh, me no. make that clear before I make this statement. But we're not anti, no, we're not anti-American. We're not anti-white oh, no. people, none of that. We just want we y'all to know the history. Yeah, we yeah. live here. <laughs> we want y'all to know the history. Yeah. The stuff that I didn't learn, like when I was reading mm-hmm. through all of this information and I was listening to the different podcasts and the different historical um, podcasts that, that you had me listen to, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. They didn't <laughs> teach me this in grade school. They didn't teach me either. I was like, wow. And, and, and what's so for me, what was sad for me is that it's so easy to hear people use the phrases and, and words and terms, and you just kind of jump out there and you start using them and mm-hmm. you really don't know um, the context behind it. And I and me and April was having this talk uh, probably about a couple of days ago. And like over the past, like 10, 20 years, maybe. Ten, good gracious. I'm I'm thinking about like when I went to college and graduated yeah. and all that stuff. Good gosh. I almost, anyways, <laughs> like I, I used to I, I became a horrible writer, you know, and I was telling her that I'm like, man, I can't write worth, you know, crap anymore. And I was like. I made it through grad school, you know, 385 GPA. I made it through undergrad. And I had to write so much. I had to write a thesis and all of this stuff. And I was like, now I can't write work crap. <laughs> and I was just thinking about it. And I was like, you know, the words and, and that stuff as I was learning. And you re- and I was reading a lot more, too. I don't read as much as I used to when I was in college either. That's probably why I can't write work crap no more. But, um, like, the phrases and the things and how I used to learn. And if I didn't know the word, I look up in the dictionary and like I lost that. And it's so easy that if you don't read or you don't educate yourself, how you so easily obtain what you hear from other people and what you hear from the media and what you hear. Yeah. And you don't know what any of it means. And you just take it from how you heard it in context. And then you replay it in context without educating yourself on what it was. And that's kind of how I felt about this. Yeah. And as we're going through this, how I feel about a lot of the buzzwords and phrases, like you hear somebody say it in a context that you receive it in. So then you just take it and you just use it the same way and you don't understand the history behind it. Yep. Um, So I guess the whole point of me saying that was I encourage you to go and read a little bit more and actually do a little research on the terminology and the buzzwords and the um, buzz phrases that you're using and just kind of see where they come from. Yeah. Agree. Um, so I agree. Yeah, I said all that to say, go read, go educate <laughs> yourself, because that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, because I'm feeling real dirty. <laughs> feeling You're real still dirty. a decent writer. So let's talk about where we see this phrase show up the most in modern day. I think we addressed it when we kind of started off in the, um, you know, the influencers world yeah definitely Um, influencer it's very pervasive like i said it's you you can get a hit of almost 140 million different articles about this on google everything from oprah has i think hers is like the number one on how to manifest things for yourself Mm -hmm. buzzfeed has articles on it like it's just it's everywhere um and then you know what before you jump (laughs) okay 
because I saw where you was going. I know. Because I, I just kind of glanced over it. Okay, go ahead. Before you go there, because that right there is going to take us. It's going to take us somewhere else. It's going to take yeah. us somewhere. So you go first. I, I, I was going to say that, you know, you were talking about Oprah and how if you look at the way that it is being used, and, and I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to say it again. It's all about self. Mm-hmm. And it's all about self-advancement, self-growth. You can do it all by yourself. All you have to do is manifest it. And I'm like, they're leaving out so many other components of it. Because if you think about the history of it, it was always used during the 19th century when other people are being taken advantage of. Yeah, that's true. So when you're doing all of this stuff for self and you're building yourself up and you're, you know, and it's all about you when you're not in relationship or collaborating and working with other people or even taking them into consideration. Basically what you're saying is I'm going to manifest whatever I'm trying to and do it for me and forget everybody else. And if it takes me stepping on you, then so be it. It's like right. a by any means necessary yeah. disregarding any other people. Yeah. There is no social or community context. It's just about the individual. Yeah. So that's and that's how I, that's kind of how I see it when I'm thinking about influence. Yeah. Like you can do it. You got to grind hard and separate yourselves from this yep. and do this and do this. Step on everybody. You know, yeah. and, and I'm just like, wow, like that's what it is. Manifest. And, and even looking at the research that we've done in the 19th century, that's literally what they were doing. Except yeah. it was for their group of people, which didn't include. A lot of other people that were there. Yeah. It's true. So. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go ahead and transition to this to this next next talking point. Well, we talked about Oprah. <laughs> we talked about we got Oprah. Oprah out the way. There is another modern day user of this term. Who could that be? It's um, 45. It is Donald Trump. Who does happen to be our president right now. Bless, 45 blessings um he used this term in his february 2020 state of the union address he said i quote <laughs> in reaffirming our heritage as a free nation we must remember that america has always been a frontier nation now we must embrace the next frontier America's manifest destiny in the stars. There it is. There it is. Next frontier. How I said, like the next phase, the next level. And, and, and you know, I don't want to get too political. I'm going to say this and then I'm, shut, I'm, shut, I'm shutting it down. Okay. I know it's our podcast. I say what I want to say. Yeah. And, and, and if anybody don't like it, um, mm. don't Nick Cannon me, though. I got to I got to take care of my family. Don't Nick Cannon me. <sighs> Anyways, like his whole slogan to make America great again. Oh, you know, make it great again. Like what? The 19th century when they was manifesting their destiny and killing and taking over all of the indigenous land. Well, it was really, really good for white people back then. I know. Well, he's a white person. Yeah. So that's 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 the America great again. So of course he wants America to be great. Well, we manifesting (laughs) destinies again. Yeah. We want to go back on a crusade and come on, man. Anyways, nah. Anyway, I'm yes. saying, hey, yes, that is what he's referring not, to. I don't this, know how else to is, say it. Like, this is history, like <laughs> this facts. Is history. We're, mm-hmm. we're not. Listen, yeah, 
We're not making this up. No. We're not even being facetious with it. We're literally. No, he actually said that in the State of like, the Union. He said it in the State of the Union. And not only that, <laughs> if you listen to what we've been talking about, it is history. It is facts. Yes. Like, yes. it is factual. Yes. So, so yeah. So, after he said that, he did get a lot of um, tweets and a lot of. Like, everything he Oh, saying. well, of course. People making fun of him, of course. But I think that the best. <laughs> burn i've seen happen after he said that in the state of the union is the netflix series space force with steve carell oh my gosh so we actually i've only i've watched a trailer like seven times because yeah, i think it's so funny but i haven't actually watched the show no not yet um but now that i know that most of it was because he said this then i really want to watch the show you know what and and um like when he said that and listening to him saying that and thinking about like, I guess me, my culture, my people, black people, and mm-hmm. then thinking about the historical um, viewpoints that, that I got from the research, it almost seemed like it's kind of like repeating itself, except it's a little cleaner. Like mm. it's a little cleaner now than, than back in the 19th century where I'm pretty sure they were just going through just, I mean, I say a little cleaner, but then again, what I'm about to say is going through slaughtering certain people and taking out certain people to get what they want and to make their destiny manifested the way that they wanted to. It's almost kind of like it's on repeat now. Yeah. And kind of like how we're in the current movement that we're in now with black people Mm -hmm. where probably the same uh, mentality that was behind the manifesting the destiny in the 19th century to now is okay. We got to make sure that our people remain superior and we have to make sure that everyone knows. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the way to do that is to continue to hold down and oppress certain groups of people. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel like there is manifest destiny on the other side right so as you said in things that are very much individual conquest when we talk about influencers and oprah and like people who are like individually manifest your own destiny and make a lot of money i'm talking about differently and you're talking about differently so when we talk about current administration manifesting destiny by way of making America great again, by using that slogan, which is not an original slogan, FYI, look it up. Um, But I also think that there are groups that have historically been oppressed that are also manifesting their destiny. And both of these are being done through social orders. So, you know, if you, if you are making America great again, you are trying to make it great again for your group of people. Right. And that is a group effort. If you're trying to do that, if right. you are trying to make, if you're trying to make your voice heard, maybe you're part of like the black lives matter movement, whether it's official formal black lives matter, or just part of like I'm black and my life matters movement. And you're trying to make things better for yourself. It's typically not just for you. It's part of a social movement because that's the only way that you can get these things done yeah. is through social movement. I agree. And and I think what you just said is a good point. Um where everyone is trying to manifest 
mm-hmm. their destiny within their groups. But if you think about it this way, and when you're saying that this is kind of what was registering for me, is that you have a larger group who currently sits in a, in a position to where they have a bigger influence and it's like they're doing their thing and you're doing your thing, which is a little bit smaller. And they're like, it's hard for when you say, I'm going to say black people who are trying to manifest their destiny to do that. Mm-hmm. When you got this bigger group who's in, you know, positions and the systems that are created yeah, that are smothering them out. Yeah. So, yeah, you have two different movements going on where two different groups or, or multiple groups are trying to manifest their destiny. Yeah. But then if you go all the way back to the 19th century, where the term originated and where it came from and how they were trying to manifest their destiny to take over for um, the sake of power, for the sake of position, for the sake of ownership, for the sake of growth. Now, the systems that are in place, the results from that and them continuing to push that narrative forward, the black people that are trying to manifest their destiny, mm-hmm. it's getting smothered. Yeah, agree. So so when you're talking about the slogan, I'll just use the slogan to make America great again. I personally feel like now after reading this and we're talking about manifesting destiny and he used it in his speech in February of this year, it's like, hey, we slid back a little bit and lost some ground. Yeah. Let's push forward with it and smother everything else out that quote unquote doesn't matter. Yeah. That's why when people say black lives matter and people are like all lives matter to them, it's like, let's smother out what doesn't matter. Mm. So as they're pushing the narrative forward with manifesting in the destiny from the 19th century to now, it's like we lost ground because some things have changed. People have fought. But let's make sure we remind them and show them that we are superior. We have more power. We are in a place to where we supersede them. So while they're manifesting their destiny, they're smothering things that they think don't matter out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I think about, you know... (laughs) It just, I just, I crack up every time I think about his state of the union address and he's saying, let's manifest destiny and like go to the stars and take over the start. Great. But we cannot even get voting right in America. And people think that's an accident. Mm. It's not an accident. That's something I've Voter been learning. We've been reading. Well, hey, I've been reading and listening about this. That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole other episode. All yeah. by itself. But yeah. But yes. We can't even get that part right. Yeah. So back to Manifest Destiny, because we can do a whole other episode on that one. Um, so I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Because we've been talking about social groups and order and kind of how this came about and which right. groups have power and which don't. But I'm curious because oftentimes when we when the way that I initially thought about it and the reason it shocked me when I heard this in regards to history in 1840, I thought about it as like kind of this new agey, like 
I want to be an Instagram influencer and I'm going to tell you to manifest all of your, all of the things and your profits and your money and everything is going to come to you if you just manifest it. So my question for you is, this is the heavy question, but understanding the history of oppression for different races and how manifest destiny has been used in that way. When we think about individuals manifesting destiny, do you think that that is a, do you think that that is, is not racially equal for a white person to manifest their individual destiny versus a say black or Hispanic Latino person to manifest their destiny in America? as an individual. We've talked about this in previous episodes, and yes, that is a deep question. Um, do I think that there is um, disproportion opportunities? I think I'll start there with the disproportionate opportunities. Yes, because I know for me, if you, and I talked about it, how I was taught I have to work two, three times harder, be two, three times smarter, so when you talk about manifesting and you're talking about disproportionate opportunities, even just in the workforce, like mm -hmm. I can say I want to manifest and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to work hard as I want and, and hard as I can to get here. But there's still that disproportionate in opportunities based on race. I think based on my experience, I can't speak for everybody uh, based on my experience and, and what I've witnessed firsthand. Right. And what I'm willing to. If we talk about if we have policies in legislature regarding affirmative action, then I right. think that everybody has to at some point be honest about the fact that that is reality. Yes. Right. So so when you're talking about the different groups of people and they're talking about manifesting, um, I think yes is disproportionate um, in opportunities. I think that is disproportionate in. Um, like how it plays out and the results that that stem from that. Mm. So I, I personally don't believe that it's equal. I don't believe that you can say, Daryl and a, a, a white male, you go out and you both manifest this unless you has the easiest opportunity or the easiest chance, the most opportunities and who can get results. Mm. And then that goes all the way back to the network and the systems and the frameworks that have been developed and built yeah. to where the power is, to where the money is, to how the system support certain groups of people more so than others. So to answer your question, I don't think it's even a comparison when you're talking about manifesting destiny. Now, I'm not going to say that you can't go out there and this is to my brothers out here and my sisters. I don't want to forget you all either. My black brothers and sisters, let me put it like this. If you have something that you want to accomplish or achieve, I think you should go out and do it. And as opposed to manifesting it, I think you should collaborate and team up with your brothers and sisters that can support you and help you get there and accomplish what you're trying to achieve. Because I feel like if you try to go for it on your own by manifesting it, the challenges are going to be there more so than if you teamed up and did it with a group of people that can help propel you forward in comparison to counterparts who may be able to go out independently 
and manifest their destiny and not run into those same challenges, not run into those same frustrations that you will as a black male or female. Hmm. When you talk about partnering, do you mean partnering with other black people who can help? You can start there, but okay. I meant just in general. In general. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. I meant just in general. Okay. Um, because okay. I feel like there are some white people that I've partnered with that have helped me. I mean, Miss Carol, like, yeah. that has helped me expand, yeah. grow, move forward, elevate, whatever, whatever verb you want to use. Yeah. Like, so I'm just saying just in general. So if it is somebody who can help you and help alleviate some of those challenges, team up with them, whether they're black, brown, white, whatever it is. Good. Good. Okay. So I feel like we talked a lot about manifesting destiny. <laughs> yes. You know what? I think, and I feel like it's about time to wrap it up, yeah. even for the sake of time. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully people get the get the get the history behind it. Yeah. But for me, like, I probably won't be using it anymore. Yeah, I, I, pro- I probably, probably won't be won't using either. this word anymore. No. And if or I, even manifestation, because yeah. that is the building block of this of this phrase, and there is incredible meaning behind it. Yeah, and, and if I do use it, like, or or any variation of it, it's like. I feel like we're going to be saying it and like making fun of it. When we say I know it. <laughs> it's going to be hard. That's what we do. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But, but if I happen to be in a group and it comes up, or even if I say it, like, yeah, I'm going to definitely think about the context that is being used and, and how, um, you know, it's coming forward. So, yeah. Whew. I know that was a good one. Manifest destiny. Yeah. Now you know. Now you know. What do they say? The more you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Is that a tagline or something? The more you know. Yeah. So that's all I have. Uh, buzzword number one. We got plenty more coming to you. Um, but for this one, that's it. Yep. All right. Until the next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. We out. Peace. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform and make sure that you rate us. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you prefer to watch our antics, and we also provide closed captioning. And if you want to know more about us, go check us out on our website at successinblackandwhite.com, or you can reach out to us directly on social media. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all platforms.